0: When the conversations a married couple has, or conversations uh, in any relationship, when they revolve around what's on our screens, something is missing. Something's missing. In all my years of preaching, which has been eight, nine, nine years, uh, I've never felt the burden of the word as much as for this message. I was given a saying once when considering preaching for pastors, you better weep before you whip. And I wept this morning at what God has put in my heart to share with you this morning because I love you. Because I feel God has called me to be a watchman. Uh, Ezekiel 33, verse 7. So you, son of man, I have made a watchman for the house of Israel. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, you shall give them warning from me. I feel that calling this morning. I don't want to be like the shepherds in Ezekiel 34, who just fed themselves. The weak, you have not strengthened. The sick, you have not healed. The injured, you have not bound up. The strayed you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought, and with force and harshness you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd, and they became food for all the wild beasts. Christians, there are more fake pastors, apostates, preaching messages at this very moment across this nation than I would care to admit. And they're tickling people's ears, and lulling the church to sleep while the world is going to hell. And I'm not going to do that. So uh, when Jim was asking, why would you come here this morning? If you came here for a message for someone to tickle your ears and feel good about yourself when you left, you came to the wrong church. Uh, You will be convicted today, uh, and you'll also be encouraged. And as I've been preparing this message, I can't tell you, uh, I have made immediate changes in my life that go along with this message, because I realized uh, I have been way too distracted by so many things, and, and, and I'm repenting of that now uh, before the Lord and before this congregation. And I want to live a focused life that's meaningful and devoted to the Lord, and I hope you'll join me in that. If this is your first Sunday here, sorry to scare you, <laughs> uh, but I am, glad, I am glad you're here uh, my name is Paul Letvin. I'm one of two pastors with Submerged Church. Last week, I, I started a two-part series entitled "Devoted, Not Distracted," where we discuss the things that we should be focusing on—the ten devotions. However, this is far from easy to do, living in a world filled with distractions. Uh, yes, we are in an age now in which we hear rumors of World War III coming or that it's already here. And the use of weapons of mass destruction. Even more concerning is the spiritual battle that we are fighting with our enemy, the devil, who is using weapons of mass distraction. And he is very skilled and effective at it. Last week I shared this quote from an article by Chandler Vinoy and it's entitled, How to Stay Spiritually Focused in a Distracted World. We have never been more connected with the news of the world around us, updates from the lives of our friends, and opinions of those we don't even know. Research shows that iPhone users unlock their phones an average of 80 times per day. In addition, it was shown that the average iPhone user checks their phone between six and seven times per hour, or about once every 10 minutes. This research was from an article... I I looked it up because I I don't just read stuff and believe it blindly, so I looked at the source that this guy was quoting that from the study that was actually done. So this research was from an article by Hermina Draw that was entitled 30 Surprising Cell Phone Addiction Statistics for 2023. Some other notable statistics were, so this is from that other article, 66.53% of the world's population has a mobile device. People tap, swipe, and click an average of 2,617 times per day. Users spend an average of two hours and 51 minutes a day on their smartphones. That's average. With young people, it's way more. 31% of smartphone users in the U.S. never turn off their phones. 52% of American teens want to take steps to cut back on their use of smartphones. And it's probably because they are discovering that that is the root of the depression and anxiety that they are facing in their childhoods that are being robbed from them. That's a topic for another time. 82% of employees put their smartphones where they can see them while they're working. Don't want to miss anything. Vinoy goes on to state in his article, this is back to the other one, our days are constantly being interrupted by texts, tweets, push notifications, ads, Instagram posts, emails, and on and on we could go. Our brains are being trained to crave distraction. With this increased connectedness, if we are not careful, we can become disconnected with our creator, end quote. So this is the topic we will discuss today today the downfalls of distractions, and how to stay awake as the day of the Lord draws near. Uh, Please pray once again with me. Father, we humbly come before you this morning, and as this topic we're talking about, as I pray this morning, Lord, I pray you'd bind Satan from this place and every distraction that he's even trying to sow into the minds and hearts of people sitting in this room at this very moment. I pray you'd put a stop to it. I pray you'd give us focus. I pray you'd give us attentiveness. I pray you'd clear our minds to hear what your word has to say, not what the world has to say. And Lord, I pray you'd give us humble hearts to receive what you're telling us. Oh, Lord, you have cut my heart so deeply. And I thank you for that. And I pray that you'd use me as your watchman, as your shepherd, to lead this flock in the direction that you want it to go, and not the way of the world. So pray you give us soft hearts uh, to hear what the Spirit has to say in Jesus' name. Amen. So the big idea today, I came up with this, it's kind of, you know, you come up with these little, little sayings, helps you remember things. Don't fall for the distraction, prepare your mind for action. They're both seven syllables. Don't fall for the distraction. Prepare your mind for action. Say it with me, everybody. Don't fall for the distraction. Prepare your mind for action. Again, don't fall for the distraction. Prepare your mind for action. You know what's been happening to me this last week? I've been doing things, and then something comes up, like, distraction. (laughs) And I focus back on what it's been great. I've, I've, I've been just so much more alert and, like, this is trying to distract me from what I need to be doing right now. Put it off the side, Paul, and then fo- focus on what you're supposed to be doing. It, it's, it's just been wonderful. God's changing me. I never want to stay the same. I'm far from perfect. Those who come here, I regularly admit my faults in front of people because I don't want anyone here to ever think that I have arrived or I'm better than anybody. Sometimes I was even having a conversation with somebody earlier this week. Like Sometimes when I'm, I'm talking with people, I forget... <sighs> Oh, yeah, they're probably acting a little bit differently around me because they know I'm a pastor and they don't want to say certain things. Like, I, and I forget about that until other people tell me later, like, well, pastor, when that person's not around you, they kind of say some of this kind of stuff. And I'm like, oh, ri-? yeah, and it doesn't even dawn on me. I just, I just don't think of myself as anybody that's better or in higher authority or anything like that. But anyway, um, I'm just like you guys. I'm a sinner in need of God's grace and his help and his direction. So I hope this is encouraging everybody. So here's a quick review from last week for those who missed it. So part one, devoted, not distracting. we talked about the 10 devotions. So here's just a brief overview. I I had numerous verses uh, for each of those points for those who are here and remember, Uh, but but these are the things that we should be focusing on. These are the things that we should be devoting ourselves to, the things that we should be thinking about, And, and they are somewhat in order of importance in my, in my opinion. I mean, a couple of them you could maybe switch around a little bit, but, but those, those are the 10 devotions for those who missed it last week. Uh, so uh, although an unlimited number of types of uh, distractions exist that would seek to rob our focus from these devotions, the smartphone is a very common one in our age. Uh, Benjamin Pontius describes this scene among young adults in a post that he entitled, The Sin of Distraction. Yes, that's right, the sin of distraction. And I agree with him, but but more later. Okay, so here's a quote from his uh, blog post. So just imagine yourself kind of in this situation. An awkward silence arises, and one person pulls out their phone to escape the discomfort. One by one, the rest of the people in the group pull out their phones as well, and the conversation dies. You get bored during a sermon or group discussion, so you switch from your Bible app to your social media app of choice and scroll through half listening, though we all know that never happens here at Submerge, right? You walk into a room, (laughs) You, you walk into a room, and you look around, and seeing that, I'm sorry, it's not polite to point fingers, I, I, I apologize. And seeing that, I love Brother Jim, and seeing that everyone else is already in conversation rather than going up and joining a group, you grab a seat against the wall and start reading an article on your phone. Uh, none of those actions are sins in and of themselves, but the state of constant distraction and readiness to disconnect from those around us is a kind of sin that must be addressed. End quote from that article. A simple definition of distraction is something that turns your attention away from something that you want to concentrate on. And this is exactly what Satan wants for us. Satan loves distracted Christians. He doesn't care what that something is. He just wants to turn our attention away from the things of God. And that's when the distraction becomes a sin. When they cause us to fall and fail in these following ways. So the downfalls of distractions, number one, if you have your bulletin, uh, and if you, if, if you notice today, I, I really tried to even reduce distractions in our service. As you can see, we, there's a lot of signs and things that we don't have up like usual. Your bulletin's a little bit more simple. Really trying to, I tried to wear an outfit that wouldn't be too distracting. Sorry if anybody gets color, cross-eyed looking at all the checkers on my shirt, but I mean, I thought it was fairly neutral. Trying to get rid of distractions, anyway. So uh, they, they restrict relationship with the Lord. So sorry, no fill-ins today. You'll actually have to write out that whole sentence. Sorry to make you work a little bit. They, they restrict, although I did use homiletics today, so I hope Pastor Bob appreciates that. He trained me in my passing. Homiletics and, her, you know, homiletics is when you've got letters that start with the same, words that start with the same letter and then, you know, things like, yeah. So, so these, these are all going to be R's for the, for the points. All right, moving on getting distracted. Wow. Number one, they they restrict relationship with the Lord. They restrict relationship with the Lord. Jesus said in John 17, three, and this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So what what is eternal life? To know God. Earlier in this section of scripture, Jesus said in John 15, verses four through five, abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If there is quiet, we seek to fill it with noise. If there is a moment to slow down, and seek our creator, we tend to distract ourselves instead of giving our attention to God. When was the last time you watched the sunset for more than a few minutes, or a few seconds even, and praised God for his faithfulness? When did you last sit at Jesus' feet in silence, abiding in his presence during a daily office or some other form of solitude? When was the last time you set aside a whole day as holy unto the Lord, resting and delighting in your relationship with God just to get to know him more. Also called practicing the Sabbath, which happens to be the fourth commandment. If one is living in a constant state of distraction, ready to pull out their phone and jump away the moment things get quiet or uncomfortable, odds are that person is never going to fully experience God the way they were meant to. If we aren't experiencing and knowing God the way we're meant to, we won't be able to love the way we're called to, which leads to the second point. Number two, they repress obedience to the great and second greatest commandments. So what's what's another downfall of distractions? They repress obedience to the great and second greatest commandments give you time to write that down. (laughs) Jesus said in John 14, 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. In Matthew 22, verses 37 through 39, Jesus tells us the great and second greatest commandments. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. This is the first and greatest commandment, or this is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Neither of the greatest commandments are possible to be fully obeyed if we are living distracted. To love requires focus and attention. A connection to the one being loved that will not happen halfway. We will never love God if we are not fully present with him. We will never love our neighbor if our minds... Are half submerged in a world of social media or that next project on our to do list. Like one of my big distractions, thinking about what's that next thing I need to get done. And if we aren't loving God and people, we won't be able to make disciples, which leads to the third downfall. Number three, they restrain the Great Commission from being fulfilled. So, what's the third downfall of distractions? They restrain the Great Commission from being fulfilled. Flowing out of the Great Commandments is what has become known as the Great Commission. uh, A church association we were part of until it uh, dissolved, Great Commission Churches. As it says in Matthew 28, verses 19 through 20, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe... Or other versions would say, obey all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. We won't be making many or, or really any true disciples of Jesus while we are distracted. And I, I am guilty of this. I'm guilty of this. There have been far too many times when I've sat down with someone, trying to have a meaningful and spiritually impacting conversation with them, while simultaneously tuning into a conversation across the room uh, or thinking about the next thing on my to-do list or noticing my phone light up with another notification, resulting in a minimal amount of the life change that I was hoping for as a result of our meeting. But when I have intentionally set the distractions aside and committed myself to connect fully with the person or people in front of me, those are the times I can look back with joy that the Lord used me to have a lasting impact. If we want to make disciples as Jesus has commanded, we need to set aside the distractions, including the phone, and be present in the here and now. And I felt no greater conviction in this, being distracted while trying to make disciples, than in my own household with my own children. I never want to hear my kids say again. Come on, dad, put your phone away. It's your turn on the game. I never want to hear it again. God has called me and my wife Haley to make disciples out of our children. And I need to set an example for them. I've failed many times. I've had some successes and I'm trusting God to continue to use me. I don't want to lose one of my children to the world, to the devil, to their flesh. Not one. And that's our prayer every day, that we'd capture their hearts and raise them up in the ways of the Lord. <clears throat> Told you I was weeping this morning. Didn't mean to do it in front of you. Fourth, uh, fourth downfall of distraction. Their roots are in fear their roots are in fear when we really think about it. It's very likely that if you paid attention to when you unconsciously grab your phone and start distracting yourself with it, you would find that, this, that fear is the root cause of your action. And, and it's probably not an overwhelming fear, just a, a little nudge of discomfort that sits at the edge of real fear. Maybe it's an awkward silent moment in a conversation or being alone at home after a stressful day or putting off that next opportunity that we sadly call a chore that opportunity to pray or read our bible as a way for the lord to speak to us instead of our phone afraid of what he might reveal to us you know peter scazzaro interviewed a number of pastors as to why they don't practice the sabbath And when he finally received honest answers, the the most common answer was is that they're they're afraid of what God's going to tell them if they actually stop and slow down and listen to God's voice. They're they're, they're afraid. They're so used to go, go, going, do, do, doing for God that they're terrified of what God might tell them if they were actually resting for a day to listen. In Kate, In each case, we're generally using our technology as a means of escaping discomfort. As we do so, we're also escaping opportunities for growth when we don't address the things that we fear. Some people think that we're peacemakers, but we're false peacemakers. When we just pretend everything's okay and we don't say anything, you're a false peacemaker. Things need to be brought up. Things need to be addressed. Otherwise, we're living in a constant state of stagnant growth, and you'll never become the person that God wants you to be. We need to bring things up. We need to face our fears. I mean, my goodness, how how many movies have I seen? You gotta face your fears. Don't let that bully get you. Stand up to him. And the kid comes home with a black eye. (laughs) Oh, I did what you told me, Dad. But no, it's, it's true. We need to face our fears. Not just ignore them. Remember... That fear is the antithesis of both love and faith. Perfect love casts out fear, as it says in 1 John 4 18. And that, that perfect love that the Lord desires to have with us. Part of love is that there must be trust. Psalm 56 3 says, When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. The very verse that Richard Wormbrand quoted when he was being kidnapped. By the Romanian Securitate in Budapest, Romania, on February 29th, 1948. That was the verse that he quoted. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. Will you trust him to take your fears instead of numbing yourself with distractions into complacency and apathy? Will you trust him? The devil loves to distract followers of Jesus by getting us to focus on things that are not important. In the parable of the sower, Jesus talked about the seeds that grow among the thorns and how the thorns choked them. When the disciples asked him to explain the parable, he said this, Matthew thirteen twenty-two. It won't be on the screen, but there's a reason for that. Just listen to this. Matthew thirteen twenty-two, Or look it up in your own Bible. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, But the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches chokes the word and it proves unfruitful. Instead of being concerned about the cares of the world, like entertainment and wealth, we should be following Jesus and focusing on eternal things. We must, listen to this, Christians, we must remember that we have an enemy that seeks to, what? Kill steal, and destroy. John ten ten. Satan is not your friend. <laughs> I'll even talk to my kids about that when they're, when they're facing temptation. Okay, do you want to lie to data and, and serve Satan? Or do you want to tell the truth and ser- serve God? You know, God, God is truth. Satan's the father of lies. Who, who will you serve? Who do you want to follow? The person who wants to steal, kill, and destroy you? Or the one who wants to love you, embrace you, Put you on the right path. Who do we want to serve? This is an excerpt from uh, what what this person calls a a knee mail. It's spelled K N E E M A I L, like like you're kneeling. So so he so he calls it a knee mail. So it's a, it's an email, email on prayer. Uh, my good friend Al Al Whittinghill, who works with Ambassadors for Christ, but this came this came so timely. When did he send this email? I think it was on Thursday or something. And I read it. it was like. Oh my goodness, spot on again, Al Whittinghill. He's just like, yes. th- he's the guy who's up at three in the morning with his Bible open, weeping over the word and praying, like talk about a prayer warrior, holy smokes. So, so <laughs> listen up, church, here's what he said. So quoting Al Whittinghill, I emailed him back and said, you know, Al, brother Al, I'm gonna share an excerpt of this with my congregation. Uh, so here's what he said. The devil loves to use weapons of mass Destru- distraction. See, I didn't come up with that. I'll, I'll do. i Got to give Al The devil loves to use weapons of mass distraction. He uses literally hundreds of things to distract us and take all our attention and time. These may be bad things, or they may be very good things. He will use what he can to lure us away from intimacy with our Lord Jesus. We are in a constant battle to stay focused. And to let the mind of Christ dwell in us. These weapons of mass distraction are targeted primarily at our soul, our mind, emotion, or will. And keep us in a mixed life. Are the things that we are giving ourselves to primarily to make us happy? Or are they part of God's process to make us a holy people as we live in undistracted devotion, end quote. Now, let me reiterate what stuck out to me. Are we spending our time on things with the goal of making ourselves happy or making ourselves holy? What are we spending our time on? The most distracted Christians are the most neutralized Christians. They are ineffective And not accomplishing what God intends for his kingdom. So the question is, how can we stay awake? And I hope each of us here have been shaken a little bit. It's kind of the job of the watchman. If your house is on fire, how loving would it be for me to come up and just lightly knock? Oh, 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 Jim, Jim. I I don't want to be rude. He's probably sleeping. Jim, Jim, your house is on fire. Wake up, Jim. Your house is burning down. Get out of here. Right? It's it's a loving thing to do to wake people up. When they're moving in the wrong direction. Or when their house is burning down. Or when this country is burning down. We need to wake up. So how do we stay awake and stay spiritually focused? Number one, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. All of these are direct scripture quotes. Number one, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. As Christians, we need to pay attention to what we are giving our attention to. When we give our, what we give our attention to is what we are being influenced by. Another way to put it is what, whatever fills our minds ultimately fills our hearts. Romans 12.2 says this, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your of your mind, that by, the t- by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. In a life full of distraction, it is easy to be conformed to this world. If we listen to any and every voice without discretion, we will be discipled by the popular views of our age and not by God's word. Where we spend our time will shape our life. What we watch will change the way we see the world. What we listen to will change the way we speak about others. What we read will change the way we think about issues. So as Christians, we must make sure that we are spending more time in God's word and in prayer than listening, watching, and reading the voices around us. Remember, Christians, I'm preaching to myself as much as anybody here. What fills our minds ultimately fills our hearts. Proverbs 4.23 tells us to guard our hearts above all else, for it is the source of life. So we can stay awake as Jesus commands us by, be, by uh, and focus, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Another way, number two, is to take every thought captive. Take every thought captive. Take control, make a plan. Take every thought captive. When it comes to guarding what is valuable in our lives, we create boundaries and constraints to make sure those valuables are protected, right? Sometimes even from themselves. Some examples are fences, doors with locks, security systems, cameras, security safes to put our precious things in, strollers and car seats for kids, or leashes for pets, right? We, we put boundaries, constraints. Strollers and leashes protect children and pets from themselves, stopping them from running into the street and potentially being killed. Got to set up boundaries and restraints. In the same way, we need to set up constraints and boundaries in our minds and in our lives to protect ourselves from ourselves. I don't trust myself. I trust God. Our minds can have multiple thoughts running in various directions all at once, The Bible tells us to take these thoughts captive. Take these thoughts captive. 2 Corinthians 10, verses 4 through 5. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Take that thought captive to obey Christ. How do we do this? Even our own hearts deceive us, as it says in Jeremiah 17.9. We need to create a holding place for these rogue thoughts and feelings by creating boundaries and limits. So here are a few practical ways. Think about about wild stallions, horses, and what you have to do to take them captive. You got to set up. A corral fence. Put them in there. They're upset. They're still running around. And then you got to go through the breaking process. It takes it takes time, and and that's that's what these rogue thoughts are like in our brains. They're like wild stallions that need to be corralled and broken to our will, so that we are controlling them and they're not controlling us. We can't do that without Jesus. Don't get me wrong. This is not a self help. Yeah, I'm going to do this myself. No, you won't. You'll fail. You, You you need Jesus to help you. I need Jesus. So we need, we need to ask the Lord for help as we, do these, as we do these things, as we create these boundaries and these limits. Okay, so here are a few practical examples of taking thoughts captive regarding our phones. And I have already put, um, I've already put all of these into practice, and it's been just outstanding. I just feel so much more, e- e- even within a week and a half's time, I feel so much more focused. I, see a, I feel so much more free. It's, it's been wonderful. I, I, I didn't realize how much of a slave I was. Didn't even know Like, like Jim said, you don't even know it's a distraction until you realize you've already been distracted by it. So I'm trying to help you guys. I've been so blessed uh, by thinking about these things. Uh, so, so here, so here's one example. These won't be on the screen. These are just some ideas. Uh, number one, turn off push notifications, turn off push notifications, I mean, there's only a couple I left on, one of which is the Voice of the Martyrs prayers app, which reminds me at 10 o'clock in the morning to pray for certain, per- actually 9 o'clock in the morning, to pray for certain persecuted Christians around the world. I left that one on, because that's, that's something I want to do. Do you, see, do you see that? we we got we to gotta start managing our life and allow the things to be speaking to us that we want, and then the other things that don't matter and are just wasting our time. And yeah, I shared with you guys last week, I, I was looking through my emails, I'm like... Uh, Lobsterfest. Yep, don't have enough money for that. Five kids. Delete. Uh, we got. This, you know, I'm, I'm like, why am I? Why do I even subscribe to these lists when I, I don't even do anything? You know, and, and it and it takes time for me to even look at it and then delete it. You know, so like just just unsubscribe. Get rid of it. Uh, tur- turn off. Turn off push notifications. Um, or uh, unsubscribe from, from email lists you're on that are just don't matter. Uh, you you may think that you will miss out on something, but you will actually gain freedom and control to when and what you give your attention to. It's it's incredible. Stop worrying about missing out on something. The fear of man proves to be a snare. If you're living under the fear of missing out, you're not living under the fear of God. God's got you right where he wants you, right in this moment, right now. So be present and enjoy it. FOMO is... I don't know if you guys know, that's the fear of missing out FOMO. Maybe some people don't know, but FOMO is destroying our our young people. We wonder why they're depressed and committing suicide. Because they're always, oh, there's this going on, this going on. Oh, I might miss out on this. Oh, I'm not popular enough, not pretty enough. And then just a big spiral of depression and suicide. Once again, that's that's a talk for another time I might do. Anyway, uh, so one, turn off push notifications. Two, set screen time limits. We do it for our kids, right? Our, our family, we've got, typically, and sometimes we flex on this, but we've, we've got three watching nights a week, Tuesday night, Friday night, and Saturday night, where we watch something. Last night, we didn't even, did we even watch anything last night? Oh yeah, just short a just short little bit, yeah, because we were having so much fun playing uh, Space Invaders. There's a, there's a board game for Space Invaders now, did you guys know that? It's like it's like, the, it's like the video game, except there's like this little launcher where you launch the token and it lands on the invaders, and they've got different powers, and... Oh man, and, and it's, we're all working together. You know, it's a competitive dexterity game where you're working together to get the space invaders. And Jude gets up there. If he gets it in the, if he gets it in the mothership, not only does it, co- you know, because you have special powers, so not only will it take, not only will it take away uh, one of the life uh, levels of the UFO mothership, but it will also give us two health things back. And Jude's just like, "Oh, I got it!" And I'm like. Yeah, Jude! It was awesome! Like, high five! You know, we weren't even going to let him play because it's like, well, it's for eight and up. Jude's only five. It's probably going to be... But man, he, out of all the kids, I was like, holy smokes. $5 for this game? I'd pay $500 for this game with the look I saw on that kid's face. You know, it's like, we, we, we just had a, we had a ball. My phone was off to the side and we were just having fun. It was awesome. Spending time with my boys. Um, okay. Well, I got distracted again. Holy smokes. All right. Set set, set, screen, set screen time limits. Zoom. Take the thought captive. Zoom. Set screen time limits. To avoid endlessly scrolling through social media or other apps, set up screen time limits to cut off access to certain apps on your phone after a certain amount of time. This is possible. If you're not tech savvy, ask somebody else for help to figure out how to do it. As Paul said in Ephesians 5.16, making the best use of the time. I know iPhone, fo- iPhone phones came out. Sometime recently where you you get these reports on how much time you've been spending on certain apps and things and it can be kind of embarrassing sometimes, can't it? It's like, oh my word, I spent that much time doing that? But that's good for us. Then you can see, wow, I'll never get that time back. Quoting a very famous, wise man that I love and adore, your life is like a coin. You can spend it any way you want, but you can spend it only once. Let's make the most use of our time. Number three, Take regular breaks from social media. This is going to be a tough one. Uh, Take regular breaks from social media. Now listen, here's a challenge for me too that you could consider. So one challenge would be to take a break from social media or your whole phone. Now listen carefully. One waking hour per day. One day per week. One week per month. Is that possible? And or one month per year. I'm still thinking about it. I, I, I can do the one hour a day. I can do the one day a week. Oof. I'd have to really do some arranging. But, I mean, so much of my job involves communicating with people. Um, but anyway, I know some people probably could do that. Maybe I could do. Writing letters. Wow. The... The po- Yeah, yeah, taking a break. Anyway, yep, it's still... Anyway, something to think about. Something to think about. But here, here's, the, here's the principle, Christians. Here's, here's the principle. If we don't schedule our days and our time, others will schedule it for us. It's true. It's true. Including our phones and social media. They will be the ones telling you what to do instead of you telling them what to do. I'm going to quote my grandpa Letpin. There's a word that he said. Some might be a little razzled by it, but just remember it's me quoting him. It's not me saying it. But I remember talking to my grandpa Letvin, who was the full-blood Ukrainian. Daniel Letvin, our, our second son James, is named after him. And he was telling me about how he used to smoke. And he said, you know, one day I took that pack of cigarettes and I looked at it and I said... Who the hell is boss around here? And I threw it away, and I never smoked again. (laughs) Did he ever tell you that story? Yeah. Yeah. So he's just like, all right, I'm tired of being a slave to this. I'm in charge. You're gone. Can you do that with your phone? Can you do that with social media? Who's the boss? Number three, set your minds on things above. Set your minds on things above. In addition to protecting our attention, we must begin to focus on the right thing. So we have to protect our attention, but we also have to focus on the right thing, devoting ourselves to what is good and holy and pure. The Apostle Paul reinforces this idea in Colossians 3, verses 1 through 2. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. We can't simply stop giving our attention to the world. We must start giving our attention to the things above. Something is going to fill our minds, and we need to, we need to decide what that will be. Like last week when I shared regarding temptation. Don't, don't think about what you shouldn't be thinking, saying, or doing. Think about what you should be thinking, saying, or doing don't eat the cookie, don't eat the cookie, don't eat that cookie, don't eat that cookie, don't, uh, don't eat it. Uh, Let's go find something else to do. My wife's great at that when I start talking about things that get a little too intense for the kids, and then she just changes the subject. Oh, look at those birds out. <laughs> oh, <we're> <laughs> So those, those kind of distractions are, are good distractions. When dad's getting a little too carried away with the world coming to an end, and then... And then we talk about something else, and it's it's good. I I appreciate that. It's a little annoying sometimes, but then I, <laughs> I I I know I know she's right. You know, see that's that's the problem with my wife is that she's like she's she is she is she's, she's <laughs> she she is right <laughs> uh, almost all the time. Like there I said. It. Oh, better, okay. Distractions. Distra- okay. Fall. Oh. Don't fall for this distraction. <laughs> Prepare your mind for action. There we go. Okay. Focus. Uh, the way we battle distraction is to become enamored by the things of heaven. To begin to crave spending time with God. When we set our minds on the things above, we will see Jesus as more beautiful, more newsworthy, and more compelling than anything else in our lives. And everything else will be put in the right perspective. Let us not forget to take the words of our Lord from today's scripture reading in Luke 21, verse 36, where he says, but stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the son of man. Time is growing short. I'm not gonna stand up here and say, peace, peace, Christians, everything's fine. Jesus loves you, go do what you want and we'll all sing kumbaya. I'm not going to do that. I'd be lying to you. So many, so many apostates and false shepherds are lying to their congregations right now. And it makes me sick. <laughs> there are hard times coming. We need to have a focused mind and spirit. The days are going to grow more difficult and they are going to try our souls like they never have before. Well, that's another topic for another conversation, but my goodness, uh, if you pay attention to any of the news that I do, uh, it, it's things, things are going to get worse. There, there is no time left to be weighed down with distractions. We must train and prepare our minds for action in the service of the King. So that when those hard times do come and a day comes when heaven forbid, your cell phone doesn't even work anymore, you know, who, who knows, uh, it won't matter to you because you'll be, you'll, be, you'll be used to just experiencing God without that technology. We need, we need to prepare ourselves. 1 Peter one thirteen. This is the theme verse of the big idea. We'll wrap up. Uh, 1 Peter 1.13. Therefore, it's in the bottom of your bulletin too. That's how important I thought it was. Therefore, prepare, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. We need to cling to this, Christians. Prepare your mind for action. You're, remember that part? On, has, has everyone seen uh, the, the Matrix? You know, And Morpheus is standing on top of the building. He's like, what does he say? Un, uh, is it unlock or open? Like, or oh, Open your mind. And then he goes and... And then he, he like, he like le- leaps across the building and lands on the other one. Neil's just like, that's impossible. <laughs> you know, we, we are capable of greater things in the Lord than we can even imagine. And we need to prepare our minds for action. Uh, if you'd please pray with me, and we are going to close with Come Thou Fount. It's so appropriate for what we just talked about. Ladies, you can come up while I'm praying here, please. Uh, if, uh... Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. See, we're get, Laura's already putting the, the sermon into practice. Just get, putting distractions aside so she can just focus. No, she, she asked for a break in advance and I'm glad she did. So, but I'll, I'll pray and then we'll, we'll do one last song. Father, we humbly come before you. Oh Lord, I know this was a heavy message, uh, but I, I trust, believe you put it on my heart. And I, I know I need this Lord. Oh my goodness. Yeah, Lord, I, I, I repent of all that I've allowed in my life that's kept me from living out your will, from obeying the great commandments, from fulfilling the great commission, from just having a real relationship with you how you desire it to be because I'm so distracted. I, I repent of that, Lord. God, take my fears. Help me to trust you more. Lord, I pray that each of us here would Put these things into practice, that we would be a people that are focused, that are ready, that are free from being slaves in every way. That's why you came, Jesus, to set us free. So, Lord, I pray we'd live like that as sons and daughters of the King who are free from sin, free from Satan, free from distractions, free to enjoy you, to walk with you. Oh, Lord, we pray you do this in each of our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.